This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series titled Unlocking Success, The Crucial Role of Culture in Compliance. This podcast series is sponsored by Diligent. Since at least October of 2021, when Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco announced the Department of Justice would begin to evaluate corporate cultures as a part of the enforcement process in an FCPA enforcement action, compliance professionals have struggled with how can they measure, assess, manage, monitor, and improve their culture. Well, we're going to answer all of those questions in this series. Over this five-part podcast series, we will be addressing the following questions. What is culture? How do you assess culture? What is a culture management strategy? How do you monitor culture? And finally, how does that monitoring of culture lead to continuous improvement of culture? First, word about diligence. Diligence empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance? Diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. For more information or to book a demo, visit diligent.com. In this part one, I visit with Yvette Hollingsworth-Clark on What is Culture? Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Diligent. Today, I am thrilled to have Yvette Hollingsworth-Clark. Yvette, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. No, thank you. Good to spend some time with you, Tom. Yvette, could you tell us what your current role is? Sure. I'm the Chief Compliance Officer for State Street Corporation. And Yvette, as our topic for this week's special podcast series is culture. So I wanted to start this series by just visiting with you about corporate culture, the importance of corporate culture, how you see corporate culture. Is it something that you only feel or you can actually manage it and assess it like other risks and sort of your views based upon your professional experience on corporate culture? Yeah, that's a great question. And, it, and it's a question that's tricky because culture is something that you feel and experience. But from a, and I'm in financial services, from a financial services perspective, culture is a topic that you do need to manage. And we manage it in the spirit of risk excellence. So you can dimension culture in many ways, but my experience is more aligned to how do you demonstrate a culture of risk management or risk excellence? And when you think about culture, you're thinking about how do I match our beliefs, our values, our decisions? How do we hold people accountable? And those are some of the softer skills. Some of the things I have seen in terms of how we measure uh, culture is largely on the conduct side, right? So when you think about how can I demonstrate that I have a culture of risk excellence? And I think it's important to anchor yourself to the questions that your data is going to answer. 
you can use metrics such as how many risk decisions are overruled, how many risk decisions are subject to challenge, how many risk decisions are implemented correctly, how many policy violations are occurring, how many disciplinary actions are occurring, how many praises are occurring for people who do things right, how many matters are being escalated for help. So there's a lot of information and data that you can use to manage culture when you're anchoring it around a very specific topic. And for me, most of my experience is managing culture with respect to risk management. Yvette, a lot of people say culture starts literally at the top of an organization. Has that been your experience? And how would you counsel a CEO to really drive the change down the organization by saying a few words or some other comments that could really help drive a corporate culture? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I do agree that tone from the top significantly matters. In addition to my chief compliance officer role, I also have the honor of serving on the diligent board. And I would say my experience in advising CEOs is that they have to lead by example and set their expectations and hold managers accountable. And how that translates in day-to-day activities is really demonstrating what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So for example, If you are holding managers accountable for adhering to a certain interaction or certain behaviors with their employees, there should be zero tolerance if those expectations are breached. It doesn't matter if you're the most senior person in the organization or someone more junior. There has to be a demonstration of fairness. I also think tone from the top is a good example of how we should interact. I've been in environments where the culture from a senior management perspective was very aggressive, right? You're working on trading floors. This wouldn't be uncommon if you were berated. But I've worked in other cultures where that is just simply unacceptable. So the tone from the top really matters how you behave and demonstrate how this company is going to be run, what's acceptable and what is not acceptable. Irrespective, irrespective if it's written down or not, employees observe the behavior of their senior leaders and they're going to mimic their senior leaders. So I advise CEOs to be conscious of that, be conscious of the examples they're setting verbally, be conscious of the examples they're setting by their behavior, and also to ensure fairness and be mindful that every decision that's visible to the company is in essence setting the culture for the company. I've had the opportunity to interview several people at State Street, and one of the words everyone uses is stewardship. And is that the type of culture or type of thing that drives down through the culture, just that word, that concept, and all you do? Yes, I would say yes, because you have to be a good steward over what you do, right? Be a good steward in that we have clients to serve, we have regulators that we treat as our top client because we have laws and regs to comply with, and we need to be accountable to each other, right? We are working with our colleagues to deliver the best services and products in the industry. And being a good steward over your accountability is incredibly important. And knowing that your colleagues are all doing what is best is very helpful in shaping the culture towards excellence. 
Yvette, one of the reasons I was so uh, excited to be able to visit with you for this podcast is your your role as a board member uh, on Diligent. But a board has a different role than a senior executive, certainly a different role than a chief compliance officer or a CEO. So how would you, as a board member, look at culture or ask maybe a chief compliance officer to talk to you about the corporate culture in an upward reporting way? Yeah, it's a great question. So as a board member, I do lean into management's views, right? I want to understand how have they defined culture for the company and what has printed. And typically you'll see documents such as the standard of conduct or code of conduct. I like to understand exactly how do they manage through ethical issues and really pay attention to the employee survey results, right? Because employees tend to tell you what's working well and what's not working well. The first question is, do we even have employee feedback? Do we actually survey our employees so they can provide a point of view on what's working well and what's not working well and how management can best serve them? Now, if you if I hear no, we don't even interview our employees, that's sort of a, a curious response. And you're like, why, why aren't we collecting feedback? You also want to understand how easy it is for employees to escalate matters. Do we have a speak up line or some type of ethics line so we can respond, at least get the information? And you, all, I would also track how long does it take for you to respond and resolve these issues? What is the employee experience? So just understanding if there's a dedicated program that is activated to deal with issues that may come up in the employee experience is one of the things I'm looking for as a board board member. You articulated, I thought, very well about the employee experience. Could I expand that perhaps to stakeholders and include customers or clients or third parties or a wider group? Does your thoughts on culture really expand out to either your dealings with your third parties or other stakeholders or for your position as a board member at Diligent? Yeah, I, absolutely. So for example, you, you, not all third parties are, are equal, right? If you think about, if you have a third party that is critical to your business model and perhaps you have a um, business model where your third parties are helping you facilitate client activities or delivering a service, their um, responsiveness to your needs is critically important. And if their culture is um, inconsistent with how you wish to be a good steward, you have to deal with that very significantly, right? Because you're allowing this third party to... So I think it's really important to get aligned on your partnerships, especially if they're going to impact your business reputation, they're going to impact your business model, it's very important to understand customer complaints. Are there not only just looking at a customer complaint from a single as a single source, but looking at customer complaints as a portfolio to say, are there any common themes that are coming out of this? And how do we address these commonalities? And are, are our third parties actually holding themselves accountable to a standard that perhaps we agree to in a, con- a contract? Are they actually meeting service level agreements appropriately? Are they following scripts in terms of how we deal with customers and ourselves? All of that oversight is critically important with third parties. Now for third parties who 
you may just be managing separately and maybe they don't impact your business model. Perhaps they're helping you with a certain task. I do uh, monitor how they're engaging with our employees, right? Because you want a representative that actually fits the culture of your company because you, you have a third party in to help you with a very specific task, but you also want certain behaviors and them to fit in the culture and not disrupt the culture in a um, negative way. Yvette, I ask you about what a board member uh, might expect from a chief compliance officer, your current role. Now let me turn it to uh, a company uh, where a chief compliance officer needs the board to understand their role and uh, whether that uh, on culture, because the Department of Justice literally two years ago in October 2021 start said for the first time, we're going to assess culture as part of an enforcement action. How would you uh, suggest a chief compliance officer counsel or train a board to fulfill its oversight role so that a company can present every level of the corporation as engaged appropriately in their role in culture or managing the risk of culture? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, but let me first clarify that culture is not something that's owned by the compliance function, right? Like culture is really a topic that is um, from the C-suite and executed through various forms, irrespective of corporate compliance or the CCOs preparing the report just to help management articulate culture it's important to recognize that is not a single report or process that's owned by corporate compliance. And I think I, I would go back to what I mentioned earlier is in terms of making sure that there's a suite of metrics that are dealing with risk excellence, even positive pieces of how employee training is coming about. What is the employee experience? What is the external experience? Like, how are we treating our customers? How are we handling complaints? How are we handling incidents? I would encourage the board to think about the framework more broadly, right? Think about it externally in terms of what is our reputation to our customers and other stakeholders. Think about it internally in terms of the employee experience and also demonstrate how we're executing against what we believe are the cultural attributes or cultural traits that are positive for our company. And what do we value? We value integrity. How are we going to ma manage and promote integrity? And how are we going to monitor that? What metric gives us an indicator that we are actually fulfilling our philosophy of who we want to be? I would definitely, I have, and I continue to advise board, this is still a little bit of an art versus a science, but you do need to be very specific on what your data can answer and what is not answering it. Yvette, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we're going to take a look at assessing culture. I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. This has been great. Tom, it was great spending time with you. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of this special five-part podcast series. Unlocking Success, The Crucial Role of Culture in Compliance Best Practices. This series is sponsored by Diligent, and we've linked to Diligent in the show notes. So if you'd like more information, please check out 
Diligence website. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow where we take up the issue of assessing culture. That's a difficult topic for many compliance professionals, so I know you will get a lot out of tomorrow's episode. This special five-part podcast series sponsored by Diligent has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.